Welcome to the Beneath the Dirt podcast, where we profile and showcase underground music while taking an occasional trip above the surface. I'm your host, Ronebone. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 12. Just a little over a month and a half ago, I did a show with Mitchell from the Murder Mayhem show, and I thought it'd be a good time to bring him back. We've had some shit happen in the underground, so I'd like to welcome Mitchell. What's up? What up, y'all? Is this live, by the way? I didn't even think to ask. It's not. It's private. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all good to me either way, but just uh, it didn't even cross my mind to ask about it. So, no, what I, up? Got, I got it set to go live on Monday. We're recording this February 23rd, Saturday. Yeah, so. it's actually a pretty legendary day. It's the 20th anniversary of the uh, Slim Shady LP. Yeah. So, I've been giving that some thought. I'll probably have to talk about that on my show next week just because it's such a important CD just in general and to me especially because that was before I'd even heard of ICP. I bought that Slim Shady LP and it just blew my mind. You know, it's not so different from ICP even though they had their differences down the road there. They're actually... Have quite a bit in common, especially right. that old Slim Shady LP. So, anyway, all that to say, it's a uh, it's a big I day. Mean, for that. If you if you ask me, Eminem spits the wicked shit. It's just commercialized and mainstream. Uh, um, some of it is, a lot of it's not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's Detroit, you know, so it's it's authentic. It's as authentic as you can get. He was inspired by Esham every bit as much as. Your ICPs and your Twisteds and your King Gordies and all those yep. dudes. So, yep, it's legit. It is. Some of it's commercialized. Some of it's pretty oh, ruthless, especially yeah. for its time. Even today, he's still pissing people off. Yeah, it's it's remarkable how you could be in the game this long and still say shit to piss people off. But every time he puts out an album, consistently, they the, they still put out those articles. You know, Eminem yep. just said this about this person it's like yeah. yeah that's what he fucking does even with kamikaze he had that line about tyler the creator right and mm-hmm. even though they took the word out it was still there and people fucking today's social media outrage fucking got offended by it did they even take the word out i don't i don't particularly recall it being censored but i yeah. didn't really give that album too many spins yeah they dropped honest. they dropped the word out it gives it like kind of like a little Work and then the word cuts out. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So anyway, but well. yeah, uh, last night I held the Dirtball Skull Hollow listening party, so we were listening to that. You were in the chat. Um, sure. We were sharing our thoughts on the album. Uh, I haven't given the album any other spin since last night, but what I've just a quick recall: fucking Dirtball came pretty hard with that album. Yeah, it was really good, and I probably wouldn't have even listened to it. That that was release day yesterday when you did that, right? So I probably wouldn't have even listened to it for another week or two, if not for that. So that that was a pretty cool little thing. You do those listening parties. It's a good opportunity to stay up on the new shit. You know, if I was I was at work at the time, but it popped up. You know, like streaming live now. It's like, oh well. Yeah, this is a good time to fucking 
peep this shit out and yeah it was a good time the yeah the cd was really good so yeah i figure if there's an album i think people would be interested in that's dropping depending on what the kind of hype is like for fearless fred fury i did a i did the listening party at midnight because mm-hmm. i knew the hype was that real for it i knew there would be people tuning in for it did a um, lot of people tune into that or how because uh, yeah now how did, how did it go was it good it was good i had a good turnout um a lot of people interacting in the chat um by the time everything was all said and i to be honest i don't even remember the last four songs playing that night i was so fucking tired i have to wake up at six in the morning for work i was just dead yeah but uh it was fun yeah totally and And i was like i was i I had been looking forward to like really making a a private evening of it for myself because i was i've been looking forward to that album i'm always looking forward to the next album so you might even say that i'm already looking forward to the next one but especially since they released like the name and the face that was on halloween 2017 i believe that so. right i believe it was halloween 2017 sometimes yep. i get my years crossed but yeah ever since that especially is just so hyped whenever a new joker's card comes out i always like to really like really take it in i had the beats headphones on and i was like really listening to it closely so yeah it was great and i I still love the album i actually have it sitting right in front of me still because i keep talking about it on my show so i keep yeah i got both flip the rat and fearless fred fury sitting on my desk here as well Mm -hmm. Um, did you listen to flip yet i think i think the other day you said you hadn't listened to it yet no haven't listened to it yet um i'm thinking about doing a, a listening party for that even though i know people have listened to it um but I think uh, people might would want to tune in for that. I'm just trying to soak in Fearless Fred Fury because too much music at one time can kind of give you like uh, listeners fatigue, I guess. Hmm. And yeah. I want the Joker's card. Like I just want to soak in the main meat of what we're really supposed to be getting right now. Um, I will listen to Flip the Rat, that's for sure. I mean, I listen to everything they fucking put out. I always have, always will. Um, just waiting, still soaking in Fred right now. But uh, what do you think of Flip? Uh, I think that it's not comparable to Fred. However, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying that it's better, which... Yeah. To me, it's like I'm not getting that at all. So that it just comes down to each individual taste, I guess. But for me, it's like I would call it a novelty is what I would call it. I wouldn't call it something that I'm going to be listening to as much as Fred. I've been listening to Fred nonstop over the last week and will continue to listen to it nonstop over the next week. Uh, Flip the rat, I, I listen to. I've listened to it a hand. Well, yeah, not, not that many times really on release day. I listened to it one full time through. And then a few days later, I listened to it again. And now I'm kind of at the place with it where it's like, all right, unless I'm really in the mood to listen to it, I'm probably just going to put it aside for the most part. But I mean, it's got some good stuff on it for sure. But 
Yeah, I've uh, heard, I've seen people as well say that Flip the Rat is better than Fearless Fred Fury, which is kind of fucking crazy to me because the way I look at Flip the Rat is the same way I look at Beverly Kills, Terror Wheel, uh, you know, the Phantom EP. I look at it as kind of a sideshow EP to a Joker's card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Which I, w- I would go as, I- I'm like, I'm so biased toward as much as I love the new shit. Like if for me, the nineties ICP will always outdo the past nineties ICP. So right. I, as, as much as I love Fred Fury and I know someone could take this out of context, but don't do it. I would say Beverly kills terror wheel and tunnel of love, even though they're EPs, I would say those are better than Fred Fury, but that's just because I'm so. I, I would agree. Uh, I, I, would I agree love with that. so much. Yeah, I what? would agree. I would agree with that. That those that music from the first six, that whole that era, the first six is just so classic and pretty much flawless. They really didn't make any music that was really bad. No, it's to I, I it's totally flawless all the way up to the bizarre albums, which are which are still great. They're still amazing albums, but those are the very first albums where the tiniest cracks start coming through. I think that's why I specify '90s ICP. Like, yeah, every song from the '90s is a perfect ten. I would say so. Yeah, I really I always give it to the '90s over the the present stuff, but. I love the present day stuff too, so right. don't get that fucked up, America. Fred Fury is a fucking amazing album. I love it. It's, it's really uh, good. It's from really start good. to finish. No, no skippers. And you and I are on the same page about Missing Link, and I think a lot of people are also on that same page about Missing yeah. Link. So this was, which is that there are a lot of skippers. Yeah. So it seems like more people are coming out now. Now that Fearless Fred Fury has dropped, kind of talking down or just saying that the Missing Link albums weren't good and this is the album that we really needed because this is the album we fucking needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every song is like ferocious. There's there's minimal softness, and even the songs that are you could that you could consider soft are still really good. Yeah, but, the, the only yeah. songs I don't like on the album uh low okay i just can't get past sample samples played out um just not i think i listened to it twice and just i've skipped it since and hothead i hothead. love hothead i love i that like that for some reason that's the one that i keep coming back to is like every time i hear it i like it more and more and i never disliked it but it was like it didn't. Uh, it didn't capture my imagination on the first go around. But the more and more I listen to the album, like that one is consistently the one that stands out as one that I really enjoy. So, yeah, Hothead yeah. for some reason kind of reminds me of Metal Warp. Hmm. Okay. Um, just because it's so slow, right. um, and the flow he uses is, it's you know way different. Yeah. Um. I just I can't I just can't get into that one. I could see why people like it. I see why people like Mental Warp as Metal well. Warp is great. Do you yeah. do you not like Mental Warp? No, I I don't oh, like that one either. Crazy talk. Yep. That's a uh, '90s ICP. 
It is. That's one of the few songs from the 90s that very few songs from the 90s that I probably don't like. I would I would venture to say that I like every ICP song that they've ever made because between the the beat, the verses or the hook or or whatever else, there's always at least something I can find to enjoy about every song that ICP has ever made except for the chop chop slide which i hate that's the <laughs> only icp song where it's like okay i have noticed if i never ever heard this song again right. i would be fine you know if metal warp came on uh if i had to choose i would choose metal warp over high head um but but yeah um the only two songs i skip on fearless fred fury are low and hot head um everybody agrees that freedom is the ending to the album uh i like I don't, I, I don't agree i don't agree with that but go on um yeah i listened to your i listened to your show and you said it makes sense that i like it rough is the last song only because the album is already so dark um i, I so. could i i i could i could see that i think it would have fit better somewhere in the middle of the album I yeah, like that, that would have been interesting. Like, I wonder if I would even listen to it with the same ears if it was just slipped in the middle of all the other tracks without right. that warning before it. But like, I saw some people in the YouTube comments. Obviously, the the big point of discussion with that song is: is it actually is it truly the most disturbing song of ICP's career? Since that's how they set it up, and people on YouTube are saying like, "Nah, Hell's Pit is more disturbing." than that song and i don't i don't get that at all like no. i don't like hell's pit is 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 a great like well you don't like hell's pit actually we've talked about i think we've yeah, had that yeah. conversation before i like hell's pit a lot but i wouldn't call it disturbing i would call it i mean it's just it, wicked it, it's pure wicked shit hell's pit is pure wicked shit it's 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 practically cartoonish at times right but because right. that's like that's the icp way but like i like it rough although i guess you could also make the argument that that is also cartoonish there's a lot of really fucked up stuff in that song if you actually like listen to it and pay close attention to the lyrics it's like oh my god where did he come up with this shit this song to me i said this on my podcast my last episode this is this is the most disturbing song icp's put out no doubt about it the shit Jay is talking about on this song is he's like I want to bottomize you until I lobotomize you. Like, like, come on, like that is just Damn. messed up. That yeah. is wrong. I will just say wrong. he 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 probably pushes that choke me with your panties thing to the as far as you can possibly yeah. take it. Like yeah. it's literally to the point of like if he would if he would have said that one more time. I'd probably say fuck this song. Right. He pushes it to the maximum number of times that you can say it without it becoming super annoying. But uh no, I love that song a lot. I think it's good. I think it works as a closer, partly because it is so different from every other closer. It's like right. why do we gotta do the same shit every time? Yeah. It almost kind of sounds like it could have been a bonus track. Like if they would have just left that beware track off and then just let it ride for like 10 minutes of silence or whatever. Right. You could have put that in as a bonus track and then maybe people wouldn't be so harsh on it. But yeah, a lot of people on, like you said, most everyone does agree that like 
that it's not a good closer. I, I take the stance that that it is a good closer, but yeah, Freedom is a great song too, though. I, I like it, that one a lot. It's one of the strongest on the whole album to me. Yeah. So the hook on Freedom is that was one of the songs I was kind of iffy uh, iffy on at first. I didn't love it, didn't hate it, but listening to it a few times, that hook is just so catchy, so good. I really the thing, like the, the thing that they've improved upon the most. Well, they really improved on everything, lyrics and beats from the missing link, but especially hooks. Like nothing can ruin a potentially amazing song more than a shitty hook. And it always drives me up the wall when there's a song that could be great, but it's got the world's most annoying hook. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> then it's like, well, fuck, now I can't listen to this anymore. Right. And not to not to throw anyone under the bus, but if I had to name names to give an example, I, I, to me, the most notorious person who does that is Tech Nine. Like he has so many songs that could, to me, be so much better if they just had a better hook. But yeah, all the all the hooks on Fred Fury are catchy, good. My, a friend of mine, the, my friend who got me into Juggalo shit in the first place, like twenty years ago, he listened to Fred Fury, and his initial review on it was. Yeah, that's pretty good. There were no songs on it that annoy me. And I was <laughs> like, man, that is that is such a real review. Because like, when it comes to like The Missing Link, for instance, or even Bang Pow Boom a little bit, it's like, yeah, sometimes there's songs that just kind of annoy you. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't get any of that on Death Pop. I like Death Pop from start to finish as well. But yeah, Fred Fury's. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's the best of this deck. Mm. it's too early to tell but i would i would have to say no i went back the other day when you put up that poll about best card of the second deck so far i went back and listened to bang pow boom and mighty death pop and i always thought bang pow boom was the better album out of those two but there are no songs i skip on mighty death pop at all i think Bang Pow Boom has stronger songs than Mighty Death Pop, but Mighty Death Pop has it's all killer, no filler. Yeah, that that's a that's a really good point as well because like one of the things that makes Fred Fury so much better than The Missing Link is that there's no like fours or fives on it. But I, I would also go as far to say that I'm not I'm not so sure the Fearless Fred Fury has any nines or tens on it. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I would have to weigh on that a little bit more, but like even the missing link album uh, found like the title track found. I love that song a lot. And I would easily call that a nine in like the midway. There's, there's tracks on found that I would call nines. There's tracks on bang pow boom. I would call nines certainly like in your face or yeah. the title track to, to bang pow boom as well. Or, um, uh whatever there's 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 like nines on on that as well fred fury i would call mostly all eights but i'll gladly take that over like a nine and six fours and right right seven fives which is pretty much what i would missing link is to me so. i said last night which prompted me to want to to do this uh show with you today during the the end of the dirtball listening party last night i said that Shimmer will go down as one of the best storytelling songs from ICP. I think that that song is, it's a nine or a 10. Uh, 
I think Fury is a nine or a ten. Fury's the strongest song on that album, in my opinion. But Shimmer yeah. will, I think, go down as one of the best storytelling songs. That's another fucked up song. Yeah, it is a pretty fucked up song. And as we were talking about on that listening party and also on my review of it, I'd said that I consider that to be one of the weaker tracks, but it's not. I mean, the story is good. It's just the the music of it. I'm not really into. So I like much. I like the contrast of the music and the subject matter of the song because it sounds like it could be like a uplifting, more positive kind of song. But then you just get this horror movie on top of right. it yeah i've honestly i don't even know what my favorite track on the album is uh west verner ave is one that i go to a lot um game over is one that i go to a lot that's a good one uh freedom so probably between those three i like nobody's fault a lot too but it's uh it's a little sappy so i like I, it that's a good song. i like i like it a lot too it's great but I just wouldn't put it on the short list of of potential favorites. I saw somebody say that because uh, in the No Jumper interview, ICP did, Violent J said that he loves Ray Schremmerd. And somebody was like, okay, now nobody's fault makes sense because uh, yeah, of the auto tune. That, that was me. That was me oh, who said okay. that. All right. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Whoever said that was a wise man. But they I mean, that's why, that's why it works, though, because like you can tell the difference between someone that's doing it just to jump on the trend and someone who's doing it because they legitimately like that kind of music. Right. So I think it works. It yeah. comes across. And if they don't use the auto tune to like make him sing better. It's just like an aff affectation yep. to, to the verses. So yeah, they, they don't overdo it by any means. Triplex no. is a really good one. Yeah. That's a good song. I just wish they would have split the three personalities into three separate verses. Ooh. That's a that's an interesting thought. I didn't even that didn't cross my mind. Yeah, hmm. I I feel like that song is good concept. I like the song. It would have been better if the three personalities were in three verses because you got Shaggy as the therapist talking to the personalities and it just seems kind of all hmm. over the place, just yeah. kind of thrown together, you know what I mean? Yeah, well like that uh i i agree with with that on principle the thing that i think saves it and makes it work is that all the verses are so strong like yeah there could easily have been a version of that song that sucked if the if the violent j parts weren't as awesome as they were then it would just seem like corny it would just seem it would seem thrown together but because by virtue of the fact that the verses are so awesome it makes it work and that hook is really good too so and the beat is really good too it is it is so and even the shaggy parts crack me up he's like hank if you want to eat something try my balls yeah yeah it always makes me laugh and then it's like yeah. he's just got enough it and almost kind of reminds me of uh like suicide hotline when shaggy was the totally the uh it's therapist the on the phone for that sounding voice and everything yeah um speaking of shaggy where is he <laughs> like there's a tipping point on once you hit like track seven, like after satellite, it's like, all right, see you later, Shaggy. I, I won't see you again until uh, freedom. Yeah. Because he's not on, he's not on the verses of seriously hilarious game over night of red rum 
well he has a verse in low but it's the weird verse when it when the beat switches up yeah yeah triplex nobody's fault he has he has a part on hothead also but it's not really rapping Anything substantial yeah I, so. I, w- I was disappointed in the lack of shaggy on the album it started out strong his solo track on the album is fucking awesome west Verner Ave. totally uh, but the lack of shaggy i mean towards the end of the album you're missing him because He's been fucking killing it lately. I really like that Gloomy Sunday EP. Yeah, if, if I wouldn't like if they would have thrown uh, the Gloomy Sunday title track and Peekaboo on this album, that would have been cool with me. Oh yeah, Peekaboo would have fit right perfectly in with this album, and that was supposed to be on this yeah. album. Yeah, and, and and that's honestly, I think I think Peekaboo. I love that song so much. I really latched onto it hard, and I think it's better than every track on Fred Fury. But that's just because I specifically have latched onto it so hard. Like objectively, I don't know that it's any better than all these songs, but it really it really hit hit me just right. So I don't know why they cut it, but I don't know. I'm sure they had their reasons. Yeah, it would have fit in good. He killed that cover. I mean that MC Ren cover is so fucking good. Yeah, I wonder if maybe that's the only reason they cut it is because they didn't want a cover track on there. I don't know. Right. I can only guess, but I mean, you yeah. could say low is almost it's not a cover track, mm-hmm. but I mean right. he has he uses the same flow or whatever. Totally. Yeah. I would have gladly traded low in for peekaboo. Oh, for yeah, sure. Out on that. And and I like low, but yeah. Uh well, how yeah. do you feel about Night of Red Rum compared to the other Night of tracks? It's good. I like it. It's yeah, they're it's, four for four on those now. Oh yeah, it's when I saw Night of Red Rum, I'm like, all right, we're getting another Night of Night of the Axe, super dope classic. Night of the Forty Four, classic. Um, chainsaw. Night of the Chainsaw, another classic. I even like the remix that they did. Oh, actually, I don't. I don't really like that remix at all. Since Three Six Mafia is like not on topic at all, it sounds no. like they just sent them some random verses. Right. Seemed like a weird song to pick for a featured remix. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, yeah, four for four on the night of. I thought the beat on that was dope. Hmm. Um. The flow, just the the topic, right. Yeah, the verses are fucking crazy on this whole album. Mm. They're so good. It's like, damn. He came he came super like correct on this album. It totally makes up for the missing link. <laughs> I got the Louisville bat. Aiming for your hat. Louisville bat. Aiming for your hat. That's on <laughs> missing link. It's just like, fuck, man. You couldn't think of two more rhymes. He right. had to repeat the same fucking line three times perverse uh yeah i hate that song uh but i like i said i like every icp song a little bit so uh yeah night of red room definitely definitely a banger for sure i was thinking one day it might be cool if they did like night of the strangler and had shaggy do one that would be fucking cool yeah thank you (laughs) that's my own idea that is actually a pretty good idea yeah, seems a uh, way to shake things up. There's three I mean, ideas I, out there. 
I don't really want, I hope they don't overdo the night of too much. I mean, you know, between a night of the axe and night of the 44, that's an entire set of Joker's cards. And now they've already done two. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's probably enough. They probably don't need to do any more for this set, but with another set of cards coming, surely there'll be at least a few more. I feel like they've spaced them out pretty well. Usually like, these aren't really like sequel songs, but it is following a certain theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually hard to follow up with something like that, following, you know, the same formula over and over, but four for four, in my opinion. Yeah. And th- this one's kind of weird too, because you, you didn't even have to call it night of red rum. You could have just called it red rum and it would have been the same song. Whereas all the other ones, uh, are very much centered around like a very specific theme. But this one is just killing people just like yeah. every other ICP song. So, yep. And then you got, and then you got uh satellite, which was the first soft song on the album. Right. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's a good one for sure. Definitely. Um, the topic is dope on that. I, and I've said it, fearless Fred Fury is the best theme and best character of the second deck. Uh yeah, I would agree with that. Mighty Death Pop and Bang Pow Boom were they were different, but they were kind of similar in ways. Mm, uh, a mm, little bit. Um, as far as the look of the cards, I still think Bang Pow Boom is the coolest looking of this deck. Fearless Fred Fury is pretty awesome too, but I like it simple. Like if Fred Fury was just the face and the fist, that would be cool. But yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool as fuck looking regardless. Just it is getting into nitpicks here, but uh, um, definitely my favorite concept of all of them. For sure. And then we got uh, the shit talking, which the shit. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen on the album. You're talking about seriously hilarious. I am. All right. Let's talk um, about he's to me, he's talking about tech nine. Exactly and, what I alluded to without and, actually saying it on my own podcast. And twisted. Um, reading that Detroit News interview that he did, mm-hmm. talking about the whole Young Wicked thing right. and how he was hurt and it gave him the motivation for this album. Mm-hmm. I I was like, okay, I'd be very fucking surprised if there wasn't one little mention of... And and of the situation with M and E at all on this, I thought there was going to be more. To be honest, so to only get the the few lines that we did was kind of surprising, but not at the same time. Well, none of to me, there's nothing on on the album that's like distinctly M and E targeted. Like even even the whole verse on seriously hilarious to me sounds like Tech Nine with lines that also could apply to twisted, but everything that he says in that verse is a, a version of something that he said before about tech nine, like in the hot 97 interview yeah. specifically, like people for, for anyone who doesn't think that tech nine is the target of that verse, go back and watch that hot 97 interview because that's the, that, that's the whole story. That's the whole tech nine story. Like, that he's talking about on that verse as far as yep. 
I mean, you I'm rode surprised. the escalator to the top and then you distance yourselves or whatever. But Right. Yeah. I'm surprised that he's bringing that Tech 9 situation back to light. Totally. Yeah. I like, thought that yeah. shit was dead. And now I'm I'm wondering if we're even going to see Tech 9 at the gathering. That's a good question. I don't uh, know. I mean, I don't know. It kind of feels like Violent J just like hit the self-destruct button on that whole relationship when he made this song. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's it for for the tech ICP era. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, just, I, still, it, it, I love Tech 9, so I'm not going to get fucking wrapped up into this dumb shit again. No, absolutely not. Again. not. No, it's not worth it. Just enjoy the music. <laughs> it's not worth it. Not at all. No. I've gone through, I feel like I'm now in like my third stage of the ICP twisted beef, which is at first I was like, first, first I, I was right there with them saying like, man, that's fucked up. The twisted shit on the March and did this and this and that. And then I hit a period about a year and a half later where I was like, let's just come together and end all this squash, all this bullshit. And now I'm totally in the place of like, I don't care beef right. or don't beef. I don't care. So I mean, yeah, I don't know if you if you caught or heard Monox, uh, Monoxide had a stream a few days ago on the I heard about this, but I didn't know what he said. What do you know about it? Um, so from what I remember, it was fucking late at night. I was laying in bed going to fucking ready to go to sleep. But basically he's saying that he heard that uh Violent J was talking about him on the album. Oh. And he's saying I don't care. He's saying what you're saying. I don't care. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. He he's like, it's it's old news at this point. I'm it, not, well, it oh, sounds well, like it's, it sounds like they're not going to pay any mind to it. We'll see when Generation Nightmare comes out because there's a track on there called Skit Seventeen, and I highly doubt that that has nothing to do with Seventeen. I agree. I, when I saw that, I was like, okay. Because I was assuming that we were going to get shit talking on Fearless Red Fury, which we did. So I like that I, they contained it all into that one song, though. Yeah, it, it's I'm glad that it wasn't littered all over the place on tracks. Right. But um, Monoxide saying he, he doesn't care and he ain't going to pay no mind to it. But you're right. We do have that skit 17 song. Yeah, well, we'll see. They so do the same cool. shit. They just do it more subliminally. So we'll see when Generation Nightmare comes out. Wait, is yeah. there a release date on that yet, by the way? I want uh, to say that there is, but... Yeah, April know. 26th. April, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, and Al Azulilu is dropping the same day. What is? Uh, Al Azulilu. Oh, right. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That's like... Yeah. Uh, how many tracks is that? You said... Eight. It was like eight tracks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. The so, inevitable conversation will be Generation Nightmare versus Fred Fury. That'll be what everybody's talking about when that album comes out. Absolutely. I think I, I think the Axe album, even though it's going to be eight songs, <laughs> I'm going to kill any crush. Yeah, I think he's going to crush Twisted and ICP. Those I'll, guys. I'll are say just, this. I think that that Almighty album is better than Fearless Fred Fury. Oh, see, but I think that the Almighty is like a, a nine at the lowest, possibly a ten. One yeah. of the only one of the only albums I would call a ten over the last 
10 years. In fact, I rarely give something as, as perfect as that, but man, every note on that almighty album is fucking just right. Really every is. beat, every line, every concept, every hook. I love that album a lot. So I would call that album a nine or a 10 Fred Fury. I would call a strong eight. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go seven, eight on Fields mm-hmm. Fred Fury only because of the two songs that I skip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like it, it's got, it's all, it's so fucked up. Cause when bang pal boom came out, I remember everyone hating on the shit. I, I loved was, it. I lived it. People were hating on it when it came out. Now, people that the people that don't like Fred Fury say, "Well, it's not as good as Bang Pow Boom." It's like, where the fuck were you when Bang Pow Boom came out? Because now all of a sudden, Bang Pow Boom is old school. It's ten years old now, so right. now it's okay to like it. Right. I liked Bang Pow Boom when it came out. I was like, yes, we finally got that fucking real ICP vibe back. Yeah, like, this is it. Eventually, I still, I still think that ICP. I think one day, ICP in the future will make an album that we almost all unanimously agree is the best album they've ever made. I think they have that in their future, and they haven't quite done it yet. And I think it'll take Mikey Clark to bring that out. But I, kinda- I really think that'll happen. Um, I brought up on my last podcast, where's Legs Diamond? Legs Diamond is just as much ICP as Mikey Clark is. Yeah, that's a good point. And he wasn't on Missing Link either, but he's definitely still around. He's in that Juggalo Love Cipher. Granted, that was uh two years ago now, but yeah, he's definitely yeah, because he does there. he does the he has you know the singing, he does right. extra little voices in the background. Um yeah, he was Mike on uh, Bang Pow Boom and Mighty sure. Death Pop. You can hear him all over those albums. Right. Yeah. So it'll probably take the whole squad coming together to make yeah. the type of album I'm coming I'm talking about. But yeah, Fred Fury fucking killed it. People were saying before it came out that Straight Jacket did the whole thing. Apparently that was a load of bullshit. Yeah. Booklet and nothing. He's all, he's done. He's on. He produced like four tracks. He he engineered. I think he has an engineering credit, yeah, and like mixing credit for mm-hmm. all or almost all the tracks. But yeah, as far as doing the beats and stuff, it's all over the map. Yes. Man, I love Devereaux. Devereaux is like the next big thing. I think his style is dope. He's he's with that like current generation mm-hmm. of like the trap style kind of beats. And Ouija just Ouija rocks those beats perfectly. That's Ouija's style. Mm-hmm. And to hear that game over beat, that game over beat was fucking hard with all those samples. Yeah. I read some mainstream review. I don't even, I, I think it was all hiphop.com. Yep. And uh, they reviewed Fred Fury and, you know, they fucking, they trashed about half of it and said that the rest <laughs> of it was okay. But, they said that that game over song was unlistenable. <laughs> That's like, fucking man, funny. how out of touch are you? Because this right. is the one that we're pretty much all agreeing is badass. It and is. You have this outsider dude being like, "This is unlistenable." Maybe yep. your bitch ass ears, but we're all loving it over here. Right, and I know a lot of people will relate to that song too. There's so many oh, people that fucking totally. play video games. 
I'm not a big gamer. I play here and there, but yeah, that shit was fucking awesome. Yeah, and it was a very original concept. And it's funny because Violent J is always in JJ's Twitch streams now, so it's kind of funny that he... Well, I wonder if maybe uh, that was part of the inspiration for creating that. A warning (laughs) against his his son to be like, don't turn out this way. Yeah, Yeah, every time he posts, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitch now, I'm like, I think of the video game song now. I'm like, oh, okay. What, what happened about game over and playing fucking video games? You know what the best part of that song is? It's the last time that it does the hook and it doesn't have the voices in it. You know what I'm yep. talking about? Because, yep. <laughs> because I get this image of my head of like all the people that were bitching at him throughout the whole song just giving up, being like, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> so he's just left alone. Right. That, that's like the most haunting part of the song but yeah that's certainly a great one yeah um fearless fred fury did not disappoint hmm. yeah love- what did you think about them inserting the willoughby rags into fury it's like it's weird because the willoughby rags voice pops up like three times near the start of the album and then it never comes up again until almost the very end right so it was like kind of a half developed concept it's like either yeah. put them in all throughout or don't do it at all but that seemed like kind of an odd choice to me I'm not uh, it would have been cool if he was on it uh on it throughout the entire album but i think it adds to fury because he's just got that high pitch scream right and and then you got that new drum breakdown right at the end it just adds to the song. That song, that song is so fucking good. That song sums to me sums up Fearless Fred Fury. Yeah, totally. That's why it's the first track, pretty much, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I don't really uh, count the Red Fred track as a song. That's just like part. That's just an extension of the introduction. Yeah, it's just Some like people were saying like that. That was the weakest song on the album, but it's like you can't compare that to the actual songs. That's just like the you know, great Malenko. Right. Like, that's not a song. That's just part of the telling you more about the character. But And I like those songs where they tell you, like, you know, you got the Jekyll Brothers song. Uh, they have two tracks on that, Jake and Jack. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I like it. I like those tracks where they describe the, the theme like and the concept. It's kind of a weird one, but, uh, like, he has, he has, like, his flow is really weird. It's like singing, but not good singing but like not trying to be good it's there's nothing harmonious about it it's more just like yelling but uh, yeah i like that one too regardless yeah it's a good song good gets you ready for fearless fred fury Mm -hmm. and yeah this album to me lived up to the hype i went into it with low expectations only because the missing link was so bad and i just i was like come on like how do we go from mighty death pop to that but we're back on the we're back on the incline yeah well now i i feel like the next joker's card now is gonna be like super happy because that's just uh, that's just the what i suspect i feel like he got a lot of his aggression they got a lot of their aggression out of their system on this one and now it's going to be back to the happy shit on the next one but we'll see i mean this 
is, to my knowledge, the only time that they've ever have been even talking about the next Joker's card so soon at the time of the release of this one. Like if there's, if there's actually clues and Fred Fury as to the, what the next Joker's card is, that's gotta be the only time that they've had the idea for the next card while recording a card. So, I mean, maybe it'll be similar. I don't know. What do you think about all that? A lot of people are saying that brother has something to do with it. It probably does. I think brother has something to do with it. Um, I, when I heard the brother sample, first thing I thought of was the violent J brother EP. For sure. Of course. And then it made sense like, Oh, that's why they had so many of those brothers lying around. To right. them. When they made that album, they must've, uh, cause I'm assuming that the brothers were on Fred Fury first. Right. So, yeah. Um, first thing that popped into my head, you know, brother, are we going to get, an, you know, the fifth Joker's card of the first deck was the amazing Jekyll brothers. Sure. Could we get another pair of brothers? Or what I thought of, is there a third Jekyll brother that we don't know about? Right. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter saying that, so maybe that was you. Yeah, that's a yep. pretty unique idea. That would it would be the only time that they br- that they brought back a Joker's card right. to some them, you know, even if it's not Jake and Jack again, it would be the only time that they've because you got Jake and Jack juggling your sins and uh and whatever else, and then add a third brother and fucking start throwing more shit. Um, yeah, start throwing <laughs> more shit. If if they did a third Jekyll brother, the stakes would be incredibly, incredibly Super high. Super high. Me. Yeah. Is like if they if they fucked that up, I would be pissed. <laughs> so that might be. I, I don't even know if they would go there. I don't know if they would have the balls to go there. And I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they. I don't think that would be a good idea. But I'm down for whatever. I'm willing to give anything a shot. So right. Uh, I think the stakes would be too high, like you said, right. for them to do that. But that was an idea that I had in my head. Um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why they already have the name of the next Joker's card is because this one took four fucking years to come out. Violent yeah, J had true. this idea when young wicked was still kicking it on psychopathic. He already, he said mm-hmm. in one of the interviews uh, mm-hmm. with, with Fago right. lovers. Yeah. I remember that while young wicked is sitting right there as right. a matter of fact, he's like, yeah. I got, he's like, I got the name. He's like, I'm still working it out, but I know what it looks like. And I got the name. And I got a rough idea of what of what it's about, and that was what three. It's got to be th- at least three years ago. Uh, it had to be 2016. Yeah, but I remember that the next time, the next time he, they talked to Fago lovers, Scotty D was like, he brought that up. He was like, remember the last time we talked, you said you had the idea for the next Joker's card, and Violent J was like, did I really say that? And he was like, I can't yeah. believe I even said that at the time because I didn't know anything about it compared to what I know now, but that was before and after right. all the splitting and stuff. So, um, yeah, who knows? It could have been something drastically different at that right. time. Might not have even been fearless for Ed Fury. And yeah, like maybe that old idea could be the new card, but like I said, it's been four years. So He's had plenty of time to fucking think about shit in the last four years. Tell you one thing that I don't miss at all. Young Wicked's fucking singing all over every (laughs) goddamn song. 
I see a lot of people saying that he ruined fucking missing link. I think ICP themselves ruined missing link. I can't, I'm not going to place blame on young wicked just because of his singing. But, uh, yeah, that's funny. Cause I see a lot of people saying that his beats on missing link were good, but his singing is not good. Even on his own tracks. It's it very rarely is good. Sometimes it works in a big way. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time I would rather not have his dumbass singing all over. <laughs> the I fucking I love Young Wicked. He his singing is kind of like a reminds me of like a whiny kind of emo kind of singing, I guess. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I I dig it. I fucking I'm all about Young Wicked. I, I I've said it before. I think he's one of the best doing it right now. I think his music took a sharp, sharp decline after leaving Psychopathic, but yeah, is what it is. A lot of people still really like him. So yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. miss him. Pretty much my take on that. Yeah, I look forward to his mixtape coming out. I really like the Prodigal Son album that he did. Um, Slaughter was a fucking awesome album, which was crazy because ICP was not on that album at all. Slaughter is amazing. That's a great album. That was that was probably the best album they put out that whole year. That was also the Missing Link albums. That was also um, DJ Paul's Master of Evil, which is also a good CD. I like that one. That was good. And the Phantom EP came out that year as well, which I also really like a lot, but yeah, that Slaughter album rocked. So I don't know if that's the only album that he was to ever put out on Psychopathic. That's good enough for me because right. I, I don't need any more in my opinion. Right. Really, the only people I fuck with on MNE are Twisted and now all Azulilu. And I kind of don't really care about everyone else. Blaze, I still like, but he doesn't put shit out. Yeah. I mean, I mean he doesn't put out Blaze albums, he puts out. Right. All kinds of other things, but I assumed that that was part of part of his situation at Psychopathic. Like I figured that was one of his grievances, because it does seem like Psychopathic prevents people from putting things out from time to time, which I don't fully understand what yeah, is up with that. But I just yeah. assumed that when Blaze left, there was going to be Blaze after Blaze after Blaze album dropping, and then so yeah, far, I thought so too. I mean, all of Blaze albums. It's like he puts out an album and he, it's like four years later we get a new Blaze album. Right, yeah. But like like on Psychopathic, he didn't put out that many solo albums, but he was also on all the writers, all the Lotus. Yeah. Every time there was a new mixtape, you know, he had some shit out there. So Yeah. I mean um, he's he always stays busy, but as far as like Blaze albums, he doesn't really put out all that many. Or he'll yeah. put out or EPs and stuff in that drive-by album just came out, but yeah. Yeah, we want Solo Blaze. Where the fuck is the Solo Blaze It at? would be nice. The only one that he he's put out so far is the Casket Factory, right? That's the only solo LP. And then some other odds and ends here and there, but as far as solo LP, studio LP, yeah. Casket Factory has been... I mean, you could, you could say the Gang Rags Reloaded, but that was just a remix of an album that we already had. Yeah, and an album that wasn't that good and then rem- remixed into an album that's also not that good. Yeah, it was... I didn't really care for any of the versions of Gang Rags. Oh, I like the actual Gang Rags. Like, 
<laughs> the like the the actual i don't even know how to fucking describe it you know the, the original one. one produced by my one yeah Wait, but i mean even calling it the original one is a misnomer because i'm pretty sure that the other the one was recorded first. And uncut is the original one right <laughs> so yeah who knows but uh yeah i like that gang rags one a lot i like all four of his psychopathic lps a lot so i like blaze but yeah pretty much like twisted blaze and all azulilu that's really all i'm interested in on mne right now lex i think is very talented but whatever gmo <laughs> uh, yeah. i have no interest in a and b talented i'm kind of over him yeah uh gorilla voltage you're a big fan of gorilla voltage right um to be honest i have their first two albums the one that they does damn dirty apes and then the one that they released um when they changed their name and signed to mne hmm. i thought they were good but it was like nothing spectacular that's why i didn't usually if i'm looking forward to something i will play i will get that pre-order in hmm. and i was like yeah i'll wait till it hits itunes and then i'll listen to it on apple music if i like it i'll buy it i really went into the album thinking it was going to be whatever just like the first two good but i don't hate it i don't love it but this yeah. new album was fucking uh really okay. good yeah i haven't heard i haven't i didn't hear that that new one so i have to hold off on judging them completely but i don't really care about them boondocks i really liked a lot on psychopathic but his mne albums are so so uh roc he's only put out one lp also right or or maybe yep. maybe more i'm not an expert on mne i don't pay as close attention to it as i do psychopathic but no roc put out digital voodoo right. um That's but R- roc very rarely puts out an album okay i um, like that zodiac imprint album a lot that was that, a good one that was a complete miss with me <laughs> okay well <laughs> that, was, um, that was one of the which, ones which was disappointing because i like blaze i like roc um but yeah i, I didn't feel that one at all oh, okay and then um, uh i liked the underground avengers album that was pretty good uh again i'm not a big fan of boondocks hmm. um never was from the very first album so the only time I ever really liked listening to Boondocks was on the Riders albums. I thought he was really good on the Riders yeah, albums. Yeah, he is really good on the Riders albums. Um, but other than that, it's really hard to fucking sit through a Boondocks verse for me. So mm-hmm. listening to Underground Avengers, Buckshot's cool. Class is cool. Um, but trying to push myself through a Boondocks versus can prove pretty difficult at yeah, times. Yeah, I like that album. That's one of the... One of the few MNE CDs that I own, I think. I'm not sure how many I own, but yeah, uh, that's that's probably that's probably everybody, right? I think we've ran yeah. through uh, Lars. What about Lars? Do you have any thoughts about them? Uh, <laughs> I thought their CD was pretty mediocre as well. Again, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, yeah. It was a lot different than what I was expecting. Um. But it's the whole rock star gimmick, I guess. So they they were playing that up: drugs, sex, mm-hmm. drugs, and rock and roll, basically. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to hear King Gordy solo. Um, not talking about fucking dudes. Um, 
Is that something he talks about a oh, lot? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um because oh, when he when he's not talking about that and he's on his just straight wicked shit, he's highly underrated and he's super fucking talented. Yeah, I like him. I never noticed that he talks about fucking dudes a lot, but more power to him. Yeah, I've I've heard tracks. Yeah, yeah they they have that song, the Justin Bieber song, where they talk about fucking. Yeah, Justin right. Bieber. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one I know. Yeah, so when they're not doing shit like that, I rock with it. I like that. <laughs> I like that Justin Bieber song. I guess you're right. <laughs> song does talk about raping boys and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But then we got um, new. Uh, it's it's eight songs. But we got a new Ala Zulilu dropping in two months, and they just put out an album f- five months ago now. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, what they were saying, uh, I forget what the interview was, where it was, I saw, but they were explaining that the Church of Zul is a companion album to the Almighty. Companion album. I wonder what that means. Right. So, the way I interpret that is. Kind B-sides, of like leftover B sides. No, they said it's all brand new music. All right. Okay. Good. So of the course way- they're gonna say that. No, I believe it. That'll yeah. be that'll be interesting. So the way I, I mean, I, I'm just I I don't like I said I love that that Almighty album so much. Like I've seen I've seen so many artists put out a great album and then put out a not as great album right, right. after. So. I'll believe it when I see it that it's as good as as good as the Almighty, but yeah, I definitely fuck with those dudes big time. They're on tour right now. You know, kinda I would have to take a day off work to go see them. I take a day off work and then go drive 150 miles to go see them, but oh damn. I might do it, so I don't know. I'm kinda on the fence about it. Yep, I'm going to see them. I'm gonna I'm, I'm uh I'm hitting that tour up for sure. Who but, is headlining that tour? Them or the Axe Murder Boys? A la Zuli Lou. They're headlining. Okay. Yep. So, which is interesting to me. Fucking AMB's been out for 15 years and they're not headlining a tour. It's the new guys, A la Zuli Lou. The new up and comers right. are, they're on top right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are doing quite well right now. When I was I uh, I was on Chuck Reeves' show a couple of weeks ago, and he the conversation went into kind of dark territory. But he was saying that if something were to happen to ICP, you know, like if they died, then he said that uh, he thought Alazul Elu would be like the next in line to. uh, they would be like the new men on top, I guess. I don't really know how else to put it. The new quote leaders, I guess, quote unquote. That's not really the right word, but right. I get what you're saying. Be like the new main guys in the scene. I don't know. They certainly have the talent. They do. Um, but like Chuck, Re- he was saying on that show because I listened to that episode. Right. Yo, with ICP, there's a clear front man. Yes, yeah. Whereas with Twisted and Ala Zulilu, there's really sure. no there's no frontman. Mm-hmm. And I think for a group to be to have maybe that kind of I don't know success or whatever, 
Does there need to be a front man? I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. One of those Alazul Elu guys is is newer to the group, right? Like one of those guys only joined on when that on the Almighty, and he's yeah, not Lee on Carver. the Carver, but he yeah. fucking kills it. He fits right in with those dudes. He's maybe even maybe even better than they are. I don't know. I kind of have a hard time telling their voices apart because all all their masks they they all three look fucking exactly alike. So it's kind of hard for me to tell. That's the awesome part about their gimmick is when you look at them, you have no idea who's who. So I think they have their names like printed on their shirts. Yeah. So there is like some individuality, but who the fuck is can see that when you're right. watching perform. So in my opinion, Billy Obey, his voice, I feel like he has that like leader voice where like he tells you to drink the fucking Kool-Aid. You're going to drink the Kool-Aid type <laughs> shit. Yeah, they did a interview with uh, Fresh is the Word, some podcast, Fresh is the Word. And uh, they were like in full character mode, just the way that ICP used to do it back in the day, where they're just fucking around with every single answer. I love that shit. Now ICP is like kind of too old to get away with that anymore. But yeah. like ICP brought up on the no jumper interview. They're like, when we get interviews now, everybody's calling us fucking legends and the, you know, legends and icons and you know, what we've done over the last almost fucking 30 years now. So their interviews are more like, Hey, we kind of, we'll take you guys kind of more serious. Mm -hmm. Whereas before they probably didn't feel like they were being taken serious no right yeah so maybe they were just like fuck it we're just gonna fuck around and have fun with these interviews (laughs) and those i think in behind the bank violent jay says that they went to europe to do press and they were just such assholes like right just to every every interview they gave and that's why to this day they like don't have a super strong following in europe (laughs) he was like i kind of regret that now but right they didn't know any better at the time but yeah yeah, that shit cracks me up. One of the last times that I remember them really like doing that type of shit was during the Wraith era. They were still giving those kind of interviews. But ever since then, it's like, all right, we all know the deal now. And like now we've all like seen pictures of them without their paint on. It's like the gimmick is is kinda kind of run its course in a lot of ways. It's like we all know that you're two real people. You don't right. need to put the act up anymore. Right, right. We all know who you are. So, right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, I like the new interviews that they do, like with Hot 97, Sway, the No Sway Jumper interview. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, the Sway interview was like, holy shit, they're on fucking Sway. Like, this is so, legit. Yeah. Very legit. I still want to see them on Charlemagne. I tweet at the at Charlemagne and the Breakfast Club, like, once every couple of months, like get ICP on the show. So that would be good. One day that'll go down. Charlotte would be looking like, at them like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I don't know though. Maybe and if he would, I think he would quickly get past any preconceived notions he may or may not have. Cause he's just that type of dude. Like, yeah, I think he would respect the hustle. I've yeah. never heard him talk about them one way or the other. Like Ebro, you could already tell that Ebro wasn't, on board with them so i mean like 
that that was it was pretty obvious how that was going to turn out from the from the jump. But Charlemagne, right. I love Charlemagne. So yeah, Charlemagne's fucking awesome. His podcast is awesome. Um, hmm. that would make for an interesting interview. But yeah, Ebro Ebro is such a fucking hard ass. He he does that with fucking everybody though. Yeah, he's quite a character. I yeah. can't even hardly stand to watch him. Uh, I like a uh, big boy a lot as well. Big boy yeah. probably never even heard of ICB. Uh, you'd be, you'd be uh, surprised. Well, he may have heard of them, but right, I'm never. Sure he, like Charlemagne would be, I think, the most likely to give them a chance. Him and Sway, which I, I mean, I thought Sway killed it on his part. Like yeah. that's the difference between Sway and Ebro when they did that Sway interview. Sway already knew. He already knew what questions to ask. Like he, he, he clearly had done some research, and that right. was to promote the Juggalo March. So that was during that era. So, uh, I mean, Sway already he was prepared. It seemed like so. Yeah. I love Sway. He's definitely one of my favorites. Absolutely, Sway's a fucking legend. Oh yeah, for sure. It goes way back. He gave a uh, Tech Nine his first national song. With that uh, wake up show anthem, yep, Eminem and mm-hmm. Rizza, yep, yeah, but yeah. Um, so let's switch gears. Yesterday they announced the Psychopathic Cipher dropping next Friday, March first. Yes. Uh, no idea who's going to be on it. No idea. They did say on what interview was it? where they were talking that they were going to do outside appearances outside of psychopathic. Uh, uh, Might've been on the juggalo show. Oh yeah. That's I right. I really don't remember either, <clears throat> but I yeah, heard that somewhere though. Yeah. Someone commented on my Instagram post saying that it's, uh, it could be, cause I think they mentioned the names during the juggalo show, um, stitches and Mac lethal. Uh, I think here's where that is coming from. They said on the Juggalo show that the video was filmed at Hollow Wicked. So that's probably where that person is pulling those names from. Mm. But they didn't drop any names. I right. would remember it if they dropped names. Okay. And, but, I mean, they, the way they promoted it the other day was like, they called it the next psychopathic cipher. So right. I don't know. And it, Like you said on Twitter, I think you said that if anyone gets left off of that cipher the rumors are just going to go flying just like with ABK, not on the last yep. one. ABK fucking needs to be on a psychopathic something. If AB, if ABK is not on this psychopathic cipher, regardless of anything he says, <laughs> I don't give a fuck if regardless of what he says, if he's not on this cipher, it's hard to believe he's on psychopathic. I think I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> if he's not on this cipher, I'll say, I'll believe it when you drop the album. Right. Like, but, uh, I- I'll take his word that he's still on Psychopathic. He's talking about booking studio time and all this shit, so I'll take his word, but it's going to be real fucking hard <laughs> if well, he's the not. the weird thing is it's not just his word. He's still on the artist section of psychopathicrecords.com, so it's like, what? what is the relationship here? Right. And then, of course, uh, rumors about light have been going yeah. around for fucking ever now so that'll be the big one to watch i have no i don't i don't feel like i have any reason to believe that light is off of the label but a lot of people seem to say so so yeah um 
I don't know what's prevented him from putting on music, but I could see a a situation similar to Ouija Mac where he puts out a project that's psychopathic related, but or that reps the hatchet, but isn't put out by psychopathic like that's how it should be. And Hoodoo was going in that same direction because Mm -hmm. that, that awesome Hoodoo video that he put out, that's something called ear drug music. Okay. And if you go to eardrugmusic.com, at least when I did it, the only song on there at the time was that Hoodoo song. So I don't know if that's his shit or I don't know what the relationship is there, but I anticipate the next Hoodoo album, whenever it is, will have something to do with eardrug music. Uh, some Someone that I'm curious about right now is DJ Clay because he was supposed to be on that fuck the fuck off motherfucker tour. And then all of a sudden he wasn't and DJ Carlito was on instead. So I don't know. So I'm going to pull up a post that oh, I posted. have news about this. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Um, actually I didn't post about it yet, but I have the fucking screenshot of it and it's DJ clay went on Facebook yesterday and he said, uh, I've been locked in the studio grinding out some of what I feel is my best work. It's still dark and cannot wait to unleash my thoughts, feelings, anger, and energy on my debut solo album and get back on social media and show the world what's been going on in the underground. There is going to be so much fan fan participation involved on this record. I've said too much. Hashtag people will be mad. Hashtag people will be happy. Hashtag haters will talk shit. Hashtag my fan will squash shit. So it sounds like he's working on an album, but yeah, no real clues there as to what he's talking about, though. Right. Serious. But, but he's been on the label for so fucking long now, like longer other than ABK. He's been on longer than anybody else. So that would, that would be a shame if something happened he, there. But. Yeah, he did. He put out a bunch of mixtapes, all the Let Him Bleeds, the book of the wicked and uh world upside down yep and but it 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 was weird to be promoted shaggy and dj clay only to have dj clay disappear replaced by carlito what happened yeah i don't know i actually wanted to ask shaggy about that at the vip but the reason i didn't is because the vip was in groups like they sent in like four people at a time and I didn't want to put Shaggy in a weird position if there was some kind of thing. I didn't want to blow up a spot like that and right. <laughs> ask him about it in front of all those people. So I have no idea, but I'm one of these people that's like, until someone gives me a reason, I'm going to believe that everything is the way it has been. Like until someone gives me a reason to think that it, there was some kind of beef or drama, I'm just going to assume that, Clay's had something come up and he had to leave the tour and it was as simple as that. So I don't I know. St- I saw a speculation that because he did a show with Gmoski. But that, that was a long time ago. That, that was, was a long time ago. That 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 didn't make any sense to me. But no, that was mean. something that I saw. But maybe he left to work on his album, but why? It's so weird because he's on like but he was on the first couple of dates and he was even tweeting about it or, mm-hmm. you know, saying we're about to fuck this tour up. <laughs> so it's like, Hmm, curious, but 
I don't know. I mean, Shaggy was or uh, not Shaggy. Uh, DJ Clay was all over the production credits of Shaggy's album, but right nowhere to be mentioned on Fred Fury. So I don't know if that's a clue or whatever. But I don't know. I'm not really concerned one way or the other. I'm so past the point of giving a shit about who's on or off. Right. Uh, I I guess we'll find out next week on the cypher who will be on the cypher next week it would be cool if clay had a verse on there he didn't have a verse on the juggler love cypher but he was in the video right yeah who knows i'm curious to see who's going to be on there will abk be on there that's my biggest question i'm um i would like to see the whole fucking roster on there ouija killer light icp um clay abk ABK just had like a regular show on the uh, Fred Fury release day. Like all those release parties were going off every way, everywhere. And ABK just did a regular ABK show that day, which is kind of another weird thing. But I want to know how much in advance those shows were planned because they were. Totally. It really seemed last second. Yeah. So I wouldn't doubt that he already had something scheduled. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. Cause that shit just seemed like just out of nowhere and it happened so close to the release day it was like holy shit we're like 20 something fucking release parties yeah so um there was did you see the picture i post uh one of the release parties didn't receive cds (laughs) yeah i think several of them didn't oh (laughs) really i think so i heard it from more than one person but i did see that picture uh, I think that was like hosted by Psycho Stick because it was like, why don't you buy a Psycho Stick album instead? Right, right. That's what it said on that. Yeah, on that in that picture. Yeah, that was yeah, funny. Who knows? Seemed like the ones that had psychopathic employees at them went really well. Like Keegan was putting out some videos from his and yeah. Rude Boy and Jump Steady. Seemed like yeah. those ones were pretty fun. So. I saw the footage of the one ICP did in LA and that looked fucking dope. That looked really, oh, really? fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm. They well, did like cool. a, I had someone put up their whole set. It was like a 25 minute set. They did a really quick set, no Fago or anything. Um, but it looked, the place was fucking packed. Looked fucking awesome. Like a good time. Yeah. It was a good idea. Probably could have used a little more preparation on that, but And I'm wondering with the idea behind those release parties was you get a free copy of Fearless Fred Fury. And I think that was a tactic to sell more albums. I'm sure of it. I'm sure that was the reason. I have no doubt that that was the plan. And I'm wondering what are the numbers going to translate to compared to the hype? Like the hype was fucking real for this album. Did the people turn out? Were there a shitload of pre-orders? Um, downloads, streams. I mean, people on like, uh, I think it was a uh, Hep C on Twitter. I always get people's Twitter's name, Twitter names mixed up. But he had like seven copies on release day. Oh he had shit! Had a picture of him with just like a ton of them. And uh, I plan to buy more myself, as a matter of fact. But on the day that I got Fred Fury, they only had one left at the store I went to. But uh, Chuck Reeves posted on Instagram. You know, every time Chuck Reeves says or does anything, <laughs> controversy can follow. But right. he posted a picture on Instagram of the iTunes charts, which said that uh, Fred Fury peaked at 25. And Chuck's angle on that was like, oh, I guess your album flopped. But 
so many juggalos buy the physical copies of icp and not itunes that i just don't think that's a good indicator i was thinking that too because that's only one one thing that's just itunes that's not including spotify title and again the the physical copies like you said icp fans go out and buy physical copies Right. I mean, I got the pre-order through Psychopathic Merch, and then I placed another pre-order through a, a record store because I I wanted to get the Flip the Rat. So my I would say a lot of Juggalos ordered probably two copies. The ones that did buy copies probably ordered two copies because of that. Right. Yeah. So, and so, if, if, if I got the last one at my record store, then other people in the area must have been buying them up too so yeah who knows and then i found a chart um hits daily double.com i guess they give uh they post record sales throughout the week and as of last night uh through the week fearless fred fury has sold 10,533 copies now to me, that doesn't sound bad because then I look and I saw like Ariana Grande at number three and she sold 24,000. So to think ICP only sold half of what she sold and she's a huge right. pop fucking mainstream success. That doesn't, I mean, 10,000 doesn't sound bad to me. Yeah, I have no fucking clue anymore. Everything has changed so much. Oh, yeah, it's so different from what it was back in the day. When I was growing up, if you sold 10,000 copies, then your probably, shit probably wasn't even charting. I mean, right. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't really speak to that either. But uh, I believe that ICP's highest ever charting is number four. And that was, they've done that now three times. They peaked at number four with uh, Jekyll Brothers. The uh, Bang Pow Boom and the Mighty Death Pop, they all came out at number four. So yeah. that's the one to beat. Missing Link lost, caught, topped out at number 17, which that's an easy number to remember. And then Found came out at like 50-something for oh, whatever wow. reason. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Seven. Se- I feel like, the. Uh, I hope they can at least beat 17. I mean, this album unanimously seems to be agreed upon as being really good so yeah i'm so, hoping uh, i'm hoping that they crack the top 10 on billboard i don't know like like you said i don't really know numbers like that for billboard i don't look at billboard numbers like that mm-hmm. um mainly only, only because i don't really care about most mm-hmm. of the artists on that chart billboard like that anyway um I would care about the numbers if the numbers were more readily available. I would like to keep track of shit like that. Yeah, I as, believe as, uh, I was just looking at it the other day. I think it said that the the charts are updated every Tuesday. So I guess it'll be Tuesday that we find out yeah. how well it did. I'm sure it's going to chart, no doubt. Just It'll where, chart for sure. That, yeah. that would be pathetic if it didn't right. even chart at all, but... Yeah, it'll chart for sure, and I'm sure they'll throw up a fucking infographic on where they charted, what chart they charted on, like uh, they usually do. Mo- you know, most artists yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if the hype is going to translate to numbers. Um, and if it doesn't, that's that would be really fucking disappointing for them. 
Yeah, and this is probably their big money maker for the year. So yeah, because as far as I know, there's no other plans to put any other albums out this year. I mean, we're only in February, but they haven't been releasing shit the last few years. Yeah, you might be right about that. the uh, The booklet doesn't really indicate uh, they have a lot of vinyls coming out. They certainly right. have a, like six vinyls, I think, have release dates in the Fred Fury booklet. But I was hoping to hear something about any of the other artists. Where's the light album? Where is it? Come on, he got signed in two thousand seventeen, right? Maybe he's at the. Hmm. 16 16 um that out that that uh that psychopathic monster definitely came out in 2017 i remember that that. i don't know i don't remember when exactly he got signed off the top of my head but still but it's been two and a half years almost two years over two years come on he's already put out an lp and a mixtape and fucking a million SoundCloud songs. Ouija so. is like Ouija's like an anomaly though. That dude's out there grinding like nobody else on Psychopathic is doing. He's doing his own thing. He's like we've talked about it before. He's got the merch drops. Uh he put out water damage himself, trash fire before he put out gutter water. So he's he's doing his own thing, grinding, doing his own independent thing from Psychopathic. Yeah, totally. And at the fuck the fuck off motherfucker tour, he was signing autographs and taking pictures all night long for free. He had a meet and greet for a hundred dollars and I have no idea what that came with, but he was taking pictures and signing autographs with anybody that wanted one. As soon as his set was done, he was at his merch booth for the whole rest of the night. Yeah. And that's what you got to fucking do. Yeah. It's not like, like right after light got signed, he went on, he opened for ICP on one of their tours and he had like a $50 meet and greet. And I doubt it was his idea. Someone probably told him to do that. Right. But it just, it struck, it struck a nerve. Cause I saw that and was like, man, you're not, you're not there yet. Right. I'm going to pay $50 to meet this dude that I have barely even heard of. Just seemed weird. So yeah, we I just saw, go out there and sign autographs. I thought was pretty legit. Yeah, at the end of the Shaggy show, I kind of hung around for a few minutes while everybody left the venue, and uh, Ouija was walking by, and I I stopped him. I'm like, "Yo, you fucking won me over as a fan tonight." I was kind of on the edge. I dig the music, but after seeing your performance, dope shit. He's like, "Let's take a picture," and I was like, "Fucking a, all right." So I snapped a picture with him, and like you said, I. In between sets, he was at his merch booth, mm. chilling, talking to people. He even went up after that. He's like, "If you want an auto, if you want me to sign something, I'll sign something for you." I was like, "I'm good, man. I'm not huge on autographs, but you know, appreciate the picture, whatever." But that's what he was doing. I'm sure he did yeah, that the whole fucking tour. I, I wish I had. I had. I wish I had had something for him to sign because I. I didn't. I was like, I am big on autographs, but I didn't expect to meet him, so I didn't bring shit. But. Yep um yeah his show has really evolved just over the last two years that he's been signed like his show was decent to start with but nothing special really i didn't think it was good but now it's like on a whole other level compared to what it was so and that uh, could be uh due 
to being more familiar with his music. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. He's more energetic. He's. I mean, no. this dude was fucking nuts. This dude was like hanging from the speaker stacks and shit. I was like, Whoa. oh, really? I was like, this this fucking dude's nuts. Yeah, I only got to see like half of him because uh, the Shaggy meet and greet was going on at the same time, which seems like a flawed system to me. I really wanted to see Ouija, but I had to miss a good chunk of it because of the meet and greet. Yeah, I but. think I missed two songs. And I was one of the last people in the meet and greet for uh, mm. Shaggy, where the mm. show I went to. And I think I only missed two songs because I heard, I, f- I think I heard Future of the Wicked playing in the background. I was like, oh, fuck, oh, this really? dude's on stage. I'm like, I don't want to miss this. But I saw that the line was pretty big for the VIP, but it kind of went went by quick. And, yeah, uh, ours was pretty big too. And I didn't even get the damn gloomy Sunday EP. I knew that was going to happen when they gave you two of them. I remember you were tweeting at the time like, they didn't have any more of the lanyards, so they're giving everyone two gloomy Sundays. I the 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 show that I went to was the second to last show of the whole tour. So whenever I saw you tweet that out, I was like, "Fuck, they're gonna run out by the time they get to me." <laughs> That's exactly what happened. They said Damn. they were gonna mail them out. I haven't checked the mail recently. I don't know if if I have it yet, but sure I enough. See- yeah, I yeah. saw people in the psychopathic museum actually start posting pictures that they're receiving the CDs cool from that from you know whatever the whatever yeah. the vip website was mm-hmm. well that's so, cool yeah i might have it by now i haven't looked lately but yep um but yeah i think that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for now all right well good deal yeah um i appreciate fucking having you on the show we always fucking have good interactions on twitter uh you're a fucking cool dude in my book we don't agree on everything but we can fucking talk civilly about it and have a fucking good time doing it so appreciate you having on and tell people where they can fucking reach you at yeah totally my shit is murdermayhemshow.com is the easiest way to get to most of it or you can just search murder mayhem show but there's a a facebook a twitter instagram youtube um that might be it podcast of course but just go to murdermayhemshow.com find all that shit it's pretty much just what you and i just did <laughs> just talking yeah. juggalo shit so yeah yeah if you liked if you like that then go check that out and in my opinion you're one of the best juggalo uh podcasters for sure i've been... that a lot actually <laughs> not yeah. to not to brag, but I have been told that multiple times. So yeah, I've been listening to your shit for at least a couple of years now. Back when it was sporadic and all over the place, but I'm a fan of your shit. I appreciate you dropping on my show. Yeah, I like your shit a lot too. I need this uh probably probably tonight. I need to like really get down on checking out everyone's Fred Fury reviews because now they're like they're pretty much all out by now, and I haven't really listened to any of them. But yeah, I got to go through like everyone's YouTube pages and just see what everybody thought that'll be exciting yeah that everybody's loving the album that there might be a few songs here and there people don't like but they're digging it even chuck reeves said it was good did he he said it wasn't he said i'm not gonna say it's bad that was what he said on instagram all right so it wasn't negative he has a people people have their opinions of him but he likes icp a lot oh i know he does i know he does yeah he's he, he he can be uh misunderstood at times 
and then sometimes he's understood perfectly and exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah I, I hope i don't think that would offend him to say nope. that he knows what his image is i think right all right man i appreciate you coming on and uh that's gonna do it for me this is the beneath the dirt podcast and until next time i'm out peace, peace.